the exclusive stories behind music that helped shape and change pop culture. With award-winning broadcaster and best-selling author Jesse Dillon and co-host, award-winning music and media producer Spencer Proffer, you are inside the music. This is Jesse Dillon. You are coast-to-coast, worldwide today, dialed into Inside the Music with my guest Spencer Proffer. And Rick Dobbis joins us today. Rick is the former president of Sony Music International, president of Polygram Label Group, and also president of Polygram Continental Europe. Spencer, you and Rick go back. Let's talk a little bit about your history and how we've come together. I met Rick when you were a mere tot. I was even younger than that. Ha ha. Um, We were both working for the legendary Clive Davis. I was a shadow and Rick was in product management and marketing. We became pals because we kind of dug the music first and foremost. Our jobs were jobs to get through, but it was about the music. And we became friends then. And then when Clive left to start Arista, I went to United Artists to run A&R and Rick went to become Clive's head of marketing. And that's when we kind of separated, but we've been friends for many decades. And I have infinite respect for Rick. First, he's a pretty cool guy, but also in his journey, because he really gets it. And he's even smarter than you or I, Jesse. So why don't you talk to him instead of me? Rick, congratulations. You've been upgraded to smarter than Spencer and Jesse. Well, I, I appreciate the uh, the kind words, but uh, um, I... <laughs> I know I know Spencer for a very long time, and I know he's a really bright guy, and I know you a bit, and I know you are as well. So let's just um, leave it that hopefully we're three smart guys who can have an interesting conversation. There's a show in there somewhere. Three smart guys. Um, <laughs> let's go back to your years just for just for the fun of it at Arista, um, Arista. Mm-hmm. As you say in the U.S., we have different pronunciation in Canada. We also broadcast coast-to-coast, by the way, here in Canada. But uh, running marketing for Clive Davis, what was that like, and who were some of the people you worked with? Well, you know, working for Clive is an adventure. Um, He's an incredibly bright guy. Um, He would be the first to tell you. Um, But he is, and he's very talented, and he's very demanding. So working for him was graduate school. Um, It was a uh, very challenging, as I said, very interesting. He's very analytical. So uh, you had to have good answers to questions. You had to think. Um, he allowed for some, cre- he allowed for creativity. He allowed for pushback. So uh, working for him was really interesting. I was the era when Arista was first really getting started. I joined there. I think Mandy had just become a hit for Barry Manilow. The other key artist was Melissa Manchester. And then he signed um, the Outlaws for first rock band. And then it really got interesting with no offense to those artists uh, when he signed um, Patti Smith. Mm. Because uh, Clive was a very oriented towards top 40 radio, which was where our company and our marketing was was centered. And when he signed Patti Smith, he didn't care about hit singles, which was a real left turn and a very exciting marketing venture to take on an artist who was unorthodox, truly uh, creative, an icon now. Um, so the variety was fun. Um, he's very, very demanding. I was there eight and a half years, five of the best years of my life. Wow. Like Spencer's grade 10, five of the best years of his life. Um, 
No, I'm just kidding. He's, as you said earlier, he's a smart guy. Melissa Manchester. Wow, there's a name I haven't heard in years. I was a boss jock at a Top 40 radio station when that was a hit. I was a boss jock decades ago at a Top 40 radio station, all set up by the Drake format. You remember that. Still in use today, by the way. Top 40 radio is still based on the Drake format. And when Mandy was a big hit. Man, what year was that? Mandy, Barry Manilow. Where does that go back to? Uh, 75. 75. I'm really not good with the calendar. I I had been working at CBS Records, as Tensor said, ultimately product management at Epic. Then I went to work for Steve Paul, who was a really unique individual in the New York scene, who famously flew to to Texas to sign Johnny Winter. and managed both the Winter Brothers, both Winter Brothers. So I worked for him for a couple of years. And then I took a 25% pay cut to go work for Clive. Smart move. It was a really good move, and it was an opportunity that was bigger than money. I just read yesterday that uh, the Whitney Houston docu-film is in the works. Yeah, that would make sense. I actually left Arista before, when she was signed, <clears throat> excuse me, when she was signed, but before she really uh, hit the scene, uh, uh, Clive went to Arista Point 2.0 or something. Um, he fired me, which sort of made sense since we hadn't spoken at that point in a couple of months. Um, things happen. Um, but uh, it was a great, uh, overall, really good experience. And he and I fell out and then we fell back in. And the last time I saw him, it was very, very friendly. Rick, I think everybody in the world knows the name Andrea Bocelli. The uh, special aired recently during the pandemic, of course, Easter Sunday. You know, every single Italian watched that and most of the rest of the world. Well, this Jew watched it too. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> I want you to tell me your, and tell our listeners the Andrea Bocelli story as seen through the eyes of the former president of Sony Music International, Rick Davis. Well, I was at Polygram at the time, and um, Andrea was signed to a small independent company called Sugar in Italy. Um, Alan Levy, who was the CEO of, of Polygram, had a relationship with the family that owned Sugar. But as it happened, he uh, had, had gotten some notoriety in Germany, where a German fight promoter had him perform at not exactly between rounds, but sort of an introduction to the fight. He was unknown otherwise. And the Dutch company at Polygram, which reported to me, but didn't need my permission to do this, signed a licensing deal um, and picked up the album, the first album with the, with the big hit with Sarah Brightman. And it was out in, in, in the Netherlands and in Germany, was starting to make a little bit of noise. And as it happened, I was in Amsterdam for some meetings and with, the, with my team, and we went out to a restaurant, which was a bizarre restaurant to have a business dinner with because the waiters and waitresses sang opera. And during a break, they put on the Bocelli record, which I hadn't heard. And I said, what's that? But the thing that was so interesting was there was a table next to us of a half a dozen guys in suits who were really drunk and they were making a lot of noise and they were making a ruckus in the restaurant and the restaurant wasn't really happy with them. And when this record came on, they stopped 
making a ruckus and they started to sing along. It was amazing. It was chilly. And it was pretty obvious that this was really, really special. And it was a special, he was a special talent. So we really geared up in those two countries, had huge success throughout Europe, couldn't get the English company to put it out. Um, I brought him to New Orleans where we had a senior management meeting with about 150 managers, people from around the world. And I had him sing three songs to track um, before cocktails and presented him at that point with a platinum album times five, because we had sold 5 million albums in Europe. And I still didn't get the English company to put it out. And I still didn't get the American company to put it out, but ultimately good sense and some, maybe some threats and other techniques prevailed and uh, he became a global superstar. I was not involved in him with working with him when the company had so much success in the US, but I was, I'm really proud to have, be, to have been there at the beginning and to be smart enough to listen to a bunch of drunks who knew a hit when they heard it. So you see? Jesse, just like you, just like you and I are a bunch of drunks, but we haven't had anything yet this morning. I think it would be great for Rick to pick his favorite Pacelli track for you to play. Well, for, you know, from my point of view, I'm, you know, I, now obviously he's made so many albums and, 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 and really gone across a wide spectrum. But I think that the, the first single with Sarah Brightman that kicked off his career is one of those records that will be, that's a classic and will be a record, a piece of music that people will listen to a hundred years from now. Rick, let's do it. Rick Davis is my guest today, former president of Sony Music International, Polygram Label Group, president of Polygram Label Continental Europe. And if it hadn't been for a bunch of drunk guys in a bar in Amsterdam, Rick being one of them, of course, that's the story, the part of the story he left out. <laughs> Andrea Bocelli may not be where he is today, and we're listening to him now deep inside the music. I'm 
quando sei lontana sogno all'orizzonte e manca le parole e io sì lo so che sei con me Sole, tu sei qui con me, con me, con me, con me. Time to say goodbye. Paesi che non ho mai veduto e vissuto con te. Spencer Proffer.